welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, uh, where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Raw. A uh, very much highly anticipated show with all the fallout from the weekend. Yeah, newsworthy for that reason, but not a good episode of Raw, I don't think. Um, the crowd, and we're going to talk about them, and what, the role that they played, I guess, in elements of this show... Hijacked uh, a little bit, I suppose. Like it was the it's gone in the show notes, so we just uh, yeah, hijacked. Um, fallout from the hijack. <laughs> um, oh. Title matches. <laughs> there was a title match. Go home to Vegas. There you go. You can have that one as well. And it's good. We're on the road to Elimination Chamber, so I'll put that in for SEO uh, as well. Yeah. All right. So, aye, newsworthy, but not particularly good. Raw. Um, Disagree, I but yeah, didn't think much of. There were the in ring in the first hour was the best of the lot. The audience only gave what they got back for, so there was it was a pretty quiet crowd. But I thought that's because they weren't given much to get. Because yeah, it's a on. TV crowd on WWE television. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was an anomaly based on what the TV crowds sure, like. Man, we see we see these crowds is it, is every week. Peace? Yeah, we see these crowds every week, and they're having the best time. It's a party every week, mm. Mondays and Fridays. Like hanging out with Katana Chance and Caden Carter. That's it. It might as well be declarable, <laughs> but it's a venue. <laughs> but this week, not so much. Shut up, man. Most weeks it's this piss poor. Nah, nah it's not. <laughs> What did you make of the show? Not Sage? much, not much at all. Um, some of the most mediocre and outright terrible action you will see on a professional wrestling program in 2024. Enjoyed the one of it, It's not the fault of the talent in one case. Oh, yeah. In, oh, yeah, my, that's I, fair. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, worse. that's the worst match of the year, so for the second year in a row, and it's, yet again, not really a fault, because nope. what else should be expected? <laughs> get into it. He had a developmental show that she could fit perfectly onto. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get into it because obviously it's the, the first bit's going to kind of dominate the conversation here. Um, show opened. We got a big recap of SmackDown with uh, Cody Roman and, of course, The Rock. And then out comes Seth Rollins. Uh, Michael Cole mentioned, of course, he's still not medically cleared to compete. Uh, Damien Priest, nowhere to be found. <laughs> really should be addressing that plot hole. Like, really, really should be addressing that. Well, plot hole, I, I, I zoned out. Damien Priest doesn't cash in, ever. And Seth Rollins is injured and there with his belt. And just, that's not Damien Priest's fault. Like, that's not up to him to worry about. Just, like, they should be acknowledging why would he not be mm, cashing maybe, in. Maybe, well, week. he's not medically cleared to compete yet. So they can't sanction the match. Therefore, there can't be a title change. Come on, think about it and stand up for WWE. <laughs> I wouldn't be that bad faith, you see. I, like, no, I'm serious. That's the reason. That would be the reason, wouldn't it? Yeah. You cannot physically compete. I'm trying to think if they've done Just a cash-in before where somebody's been... The, in the throes of combat, they've been injured. Yeah. Like, Lashley was carrying an injury when the babyface, yes. Big E, That's right. cashed in and took advantage of that situation. Dolph was ostensibly the heel, cashing on an injured babyface Del Rio. And then nobody really felt that. Did Jericho have taped up? Ribs when Swagger cashed in on him. He did. He yeah. was, but he was still cleared uh, okay, to compete because obviously everyone who's done the like it's always intra match mm. or unless like, as, uh, well, that would work. Apart then. from Rob Van Dam, yeah, 
Uh, and Seth, I guess. Did uh, Daniel Bryan get his rescinded when Big Show or Mark Henry was out cold, basically? Am I right in thinking that? They sort of went, no, no, that one doesn't count. Or no, that, that was when he cashed in. Look, that realistically, okay. realistically, I know we're doing a bit. They make everything up as they go yes. along. That is not good, but I think they've got a genuine, like, and this is me earnestly giving them an out. They've got a genuine, because realistically, the, the cash-in device never makes sense. Mm. Because if it was all on the level, the medical staff, if it's a post-match one, like, ah, oh, the guy's just got beat. We couldn't possibly check him to know if he was full. But they should be doing this. Yeah. If it was on that, they should be doing this, but they never do. But I think you can probably give them some kind of an out, even within the purview of none of it makes sense when you really drill down into it. But the fact is, the guy is injured, not cleared yet to compete. They've mentioned explicitly on programming that they he doesn't yet know if he can even defend this title at yeah. WrestleMania. He's just hoping that he can, and they're riding mm. it out. So on that basis, he's disqualified from competition medically right now. Therefore, he cannot cash in yet. If he gets like a month away from Damien Priest's briefcase running out, he should do that thing that footballers do before Christmas and get like a tactical yellow or red to yes. get suspended over the Christmas period. Seth just roll his own ankle. Oh no, I'm out for the month. <laughs> Lost your briefcase, asshole. With the the uh, you know when they extend contracts when people are injured, mm. does Priest's contract get extended because he can't technically cash in? Right, it should do. I'd like to see the admin on that. <laughs> anyway, Jack Tony would have had. Paperwork done on that. He would, he would have the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth mentioned uh, Big Piat that he got. Uh, does his catchphrase, another Big Piat. feel weird. I stood up for the Fed. It's, just, it's a very, like, it's typically a logical broadcast, and I appreciated you highlighting the plot hole. Uh, Seth, there's been a hell of a week. What we're here for? He certainly smells. Made you feel better about it, haven't I? I, I, I feel better about it all the time, but yes, you know, in that particular <laughs> moment. He oh, certainly smells what's cooking. Uh, the crowd immediately start booing. Uh, Cody Chance starts. He says, yeah, let's get Cody out here. Out comes Cody Rhodes. There's we want Cody signs all over the arena. Uh, and Cole obviously mentions the online reaction we've had from Friday. Uh, and Cody wonders what Seth and everyone in the arena, what are you guys want to talk about? Uh, and there's a Rocky Sucks chance. I told you, didn't I? Didn't see that one coming. See, mm. doing a lot of bits. <laughs> I'm a bit. You're not actually going to tweet that. Your little what? You're not still going to tweet that, are you? Let it play out. Wait till Thursday at least. Um, we want Cody Chance, of course. Uh, Seth wants to cut to the chase, though. He says, "I understand what you're going through, Cody. I've been there, but we need answers." Uh, I need this match as, as much as you do. He wants to be honest. He's being real. He needs to know that he's better than he was a few years ago the last time they did this. He needs to know that he's the best. He needs to test himself against the best. And Cody Rhodes is the best. Let's get some answers. Will he? Will you fight me at WrestleMania? Boom! <laughs> says everyone in the crowd. Thankfully, Drew McIntyre interrupts and makes the save. Uh, he says, I think I speak on behalf of everyone when I, when I say, what the hell? Uh... I laid you both up for Mania, and you're going to screw it up. You hate Punk, Seth, uh, as much as I do, and I took him out. We should be talking about, oh, this is to Seth. We should be Remember talking about CM Punk. Drew McIntyre does. Mm. Remember CM Punk. Yeah, it's a fantastic video package on him on the show. Mm. I, think he'll be on, I think he'll be on commentary on NXT as early as 2-9. 
it's a wild, wild time we live in. Best timeline, isn't it? Steel just outright saying, yeah, they want him for commentary. Um, it's great, that. And they should. Yeah. Punk would be class on commentary. He should. They should, but I don't think it's a good idea. It's like he's good at everything, but I think it diminishes star power. I think it's a smart idea to have eyes on him <laughs> during his recovery and rehabilitation. True. He's, he's, he's a man who dwells. Keep him busy. He is a man, a man who dwells. Could uh, write one of his successful comic books. <laughs> he said he's the best in the world in that ring on that microphone and at commentary. I can't speak for comics. Mm. Ask you, Ed. Um, were they terrible? I don't know. They can't like. Well, he's not the new Stan Lee. Oh. <laughs> the Adventures of Phil Punk. <laughs> doesn't care about the system. <laughs> that what comics are now, Adam? I think you guessed it as an established IP. <laughs> I think he wrote himself as okay. a superhero, Michael Hamflood. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy him. I know you would. I know you would. I know. Goes my hero. <laughs> uh, Drew's had a shirt made. Uh, it's him laughing at CM Punk's WrestleMania main event on a tombstone. It's uh, akin to the meme, but presumably slightly changed so they yeah. can actually put it on a T-shirt. Um, he says, why did you get inside Cody's headset? Uh, Cody, you need to finish the story. This heel uh, wrestler, the crowd are 100% behind. <laughs> yeah, he's making some really valid points, actually. Uh, you've been talking about it for two years. Think of all the work you've done. You've earned this moment. Don't let me down. Don't let your family down. Don't let all these people down. Uh, don't let your dad down. Seth's like, gotta be a prick about it. Who's his dad again? <laughs> um, Seth says, well, why do you think if that does happen, it'll be me and you? We've done this twice and you lost. And Drew's like, well, there were outside reasons why I lost. And you lost to Cody three times. Um, <laughs> but I will say something nice. You've done an amazing job. You've worked your ass off weekly to make it mean something. Ignore, ignore Roman and everyone else. No one wants to fight Roman because everyone knows the finish. His family's just going to get involved again. This title's one Should of the Should in a cage match three years ago. Prevent <laughs> that problem. Uh, this title is the May the Best Man win title. Oh, uh, Owens lost a cage match to Roman because of uh, bloodline interference. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's the greatest storyline of all time, though. It yeah. It's the greatest storyline of all time, though. It was like it was the time when, like, Jey Uso was, like, Roman was just beating him up every week, and then he would beat him up and say... You get it now. We're supposed to be friends. <laughs> uh, it was like, make your choice. And like, going just about to escape the cage and win the belt. And Jay's like, door in the face. Do you love me now, Roman? <laughs> off, Jay. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. <laughs> Later on, on this very podcast, I will provide an update on the swear counter. Oh, no. 2024. Oh, yeah. Nicholas, if I forget, please remind me. Uh, anyway, I think there's a. F- uh, a follower on yes. X who's doing something. Is that accurate? Mm. Not exactly. I've got the full um, the full uh, data. Thank you. Anyway, Cody goes to talk. Andrew's like, uh, sure, sure, shut up. Uh, I'm not doing it yet. Uh, it's, uh, he tells Seth it's time for me to take it from here, Drew does. A big Glasgow kiss uh, to Seth Rollins. Cody fights him off, sends him out of the ring. Drew's just buzzing. Uh, says it should be him at WrestleMania. What do you make of this opening? Hot segment, hot stars. Content was a bit Five weak. stars. Content was weak. Like, content was pretty weak. I, yeah, thought, it was, I thought it was very weak. Race the bottom stuff. Um, but from like, well, he beat you twice, well, he beat you three times. So, in fact, I'm less of a loser than you are. Mm-hmm. We're all losers. Let's establish that. All three of us are definitely losers. <laughs> um, the Rock was hanging over this without being in the segment, as he will do until Thursday, and then we'll see where it goes. Um, I, I think 
Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre especially did the best job with the worst start after what happened on SmackDown. Drew McIntyre in particular I thought was quite good mm. at trying to reset the balance a little bit after what Roman Reigns did to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins got in his little dig, as he should have done. He was probably gentler than he would have liked to have been, but I guess there'll be another time for that. But yeah, this the whole episode was wheel spinning. You've been told, beaten over the head with this massive event taking place Thursday, um, of which the ramifications for WrestleMania feel bigger than Elimination Chambers at this point. Mm. Um, so I, like, this felt like a wheel-spinning segment that kicked off a wheel-spinning show. Nobody's got anything to say because there's not much they can. When you have a pretty terrible foundation, you can't really build anything on it. And this was laid bare in this opening segment. I agree with Hamlet. I thought some of the verbal performances were great. Drew McIntyre. The act's getting a bit more broad, but I like it as a result. He's mm. just really, really funny. Banter he's, Drew. Banter Drew. Glint in his eye, isn't it? Yeah, right. he knows what he's onto here. Um, he's very much dialed in. But as I said, if you... Like, I loved his line where he said, you know, this is the fair and square title. I mean, those times I got screwed. But otherwise... <laughs> but again, that's the foundation not being strong enough to support like a good storyline uh, story with any weight to it. Because when he says, yeah, it's a fair and square title, which they've been trying to establish to try and give it an identity to babyface the heel title. Oh, by the way, uh, watching your draws for the heel title, because that's what's selling WrestleMania. You know, it's all complete nonsense if you pick it apart even slightly. So him saying, oh, it's a fair and square title, apart from those times I got screwed, just underscores that in virtually every WWE big-time TV match, you're going to get a pretty crappy finish. Not all of the time, certainly less so when it became well beyond parody about two, three, four years ago, but probably half the time you get the screwy finish with the interference or the whatever to drive storylines further. And there is more finality to the matches, but not enough for me, certainly not enough for them to tell you without showing you that this is the workhorse title in the spirit of competition that actually gets defended and there's no, you know, it's not like the bloodline and the family interfering all the time. All right, okay, well, it's just the Judgment Day or whoever. And that's a, it's a little complete bollocks that they are trying to sell you and it's not really holding up at all. Um, and again, like, ah, oh, he beat you three times. Oh, and I beat you twice. It's like, You've already done a pretty good job of establishing that you are vying for the secondary title, which the holder of the primary title has underscored, italicized, and put in bold. Basically, this absolutely reeks of compromise, of consolation, like a loser energy permeate, permeated the arena as much as I would say the Rocky Sucks chance did. Um, and again, it's just weird. Why, and I, I said this yesterday, Brian Danielson is one of my two favorite wrestlers ever. Why would you position Cody Rhodes as the new Daniel Bryan when Cody Rhodes' American Nightmare version is a bigger star in the context of WWE than Daniel Bryan was? It makes no sense to me. I think they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They are trying to do Rock versus Roman, the biggest money match in WWE since, what, 2001? Mm probably more when you consider all of the other new metrics mm. and uh, the sponsorships that Dave Meltzer talked about on Observer Radio yesterday. So they're trying to do that, but at the same time, make this completely secondary, illogical, 
World Heavyweight title program between Cody and Seth, that little bit hot because they're trying to drive this organic groundswell in support of it. But people don't want that match. They've audibly expressed as much. They want Cody in the other match, so it's not worked at all. Where do you stand on it right now? Because you were very set yesterday of like, they're going to do what they're going to do and um, fans are just going to have to take it. The open acknowledgement of the We Want Cody stuff, you had the the Shinsuke Nakamura promo that referenced it a little bit later on as well. You've got Michael Cole talking about it on commentary and not just like burying it. And yes, referencing a potential match with Seth Rollins, but also saying, look, nothing's set in stone. And yes, I get that that's also part of selling the WrestleMania press conference that goes down on Thursday. But has your opinion changed whatsoever in terms of what they do? Not really. but And I don't know if I'm speaking for other people here because... When I looked on the response on my curated X timeline this morning, most people were quite excited by feeling like, oh, their dream's back on, or mm. whatever. You know, there was a sense, post-Raw, that they'd been given encouragement to think that maybe how SmackDown ended is not how WrestleMania's going to play out. I got a bit of that, personally. I felt like I was a bit detached from the fiction, and I was watching, like, Triple H being given his toys back to play with for five minutes until The Rock shows up on Thursday to play with them again. I felt like I was watching through this opening segment, probably more than anything else on the show, uh, an example of compromise, as Sidge points out, like the reality of it, because you cannot make sense of this fiction. The attempt to not have Cody and Seth specifically get undermined as badly as they were on Friday. They have done one thing successfully, I would say. I think last night's Raw is evidence of the fact that if nothing else... They have been able to lean into the Twitter response with the hashtag and a few other elements of the online, not online, like the, a, a sizable backlash from the fan base in buildings, online, wherever. They've made Cody a martyr figure, mm-hmm. and that wasn't a guarantee. The way SmackDown played out, that wasn't a guarantee. It was supposed to be placed into his hands, This all of this choice, and it was almost like, oh, by the way, this awful thing that's happening to you, in, ca- in kayfabe, you're going to be the one taking credit for it. Yes. You've opened the door for the rocks. So that's like, for him to still be the martyr on the Monday, that's a win for them because they can definitely do something with that. But no, um, I didn't get any sort of feeling that the plans are going to change. I think this reminded me of, you know, on those episodes of The Apprentice, when And they edit those episodes of The Apprentice heavily, so you're supposed to think one thing. But when you think, oh, they're going to set this up for a team leader to get the sack, and the team leader takes advice off one person, then immediately somebody else offers advice, and they're like, oh, what about do this? And the team leader goes, yeah, I'm going to do that, actually. And the idea as the viewer is, oh, I think they look weak because mm. they've taken both its advice, and they're kind of already they're flapping a little bit. If Cody takes advice from Drew and says, I, no, I changed my mind, actually, I do want Roman Reigns, then he's still the guy that initially took advice off the rock to change his mind. Mm. He looks in the fiction weaker and weaker and weaker through just not making the choice that for two years he's told us he's been trying to make. And like last week was the only time when that story worked, as yes. we talked about. And that kind of required him picking Roman anyway for the whole Seth pitch to make sense. At this point, that's dead. So much of it is dead after SmackDown. And I couldn't embrace the fiction the way that people were, and as you say, maybe yourself, were doing so. Because I just feel like the Rock Roman Reigns match was happening because the Rock wants it and Nick Khan wants it and Ari Emanuel maybe mm. want or has agreed to it and that's bigger and like like it made it made Triple H and the fiction of WWE and everything else feel small fry in a way that I haven't felt truthfully since Vince was in the chair and we would come in these podcasts and just say why has that happened? Vince is an idiot. 
Vince's mm. lunatic and he woke up this morning and thought that. When that used to happen all the time and it became normalised, it was just like, yeah, but shouldn't fiction take priority? And then you were like, well, it should do. Yeah, but, but like, he's a lunatic. Vince is an idiot, so it doesn't. This is the first time that you're like, shouldn't the fiction take priority? It should do. Yeah. But they they fancied that. The Rock fancied that, so we're doing that. They're just playing a pretty weird game, in my opinion. A really, really weird game that just simply is not as good as either going back in time and strapping up the code man last year mm-hmm. or doing these two matches across the span of two years. Yeah. Um, they are playing this incredibly weird game where they are trying to have every single favorable outcome wherein you retain fan support of Cody and you don't have fans believe he's a loser. That was their primary concern. What an absolute, I love him. What a loser he looked like on mm-hmm. Friday. So they, apparently they might be planting signs. They might not be. It's getting a bit tedious if I'm being perfectly honest. I was feeling quite tired by it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I was feeling quite exhausted by it. swept up with it all. So. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, this morning I came in and I didn't so I couldn't be asked. have the urge to like speculate. I was like, oh, right, what's the crap? Like, guess I get to Thursday and just tell me. Just yeah, just tell us. Off. Just tell us. Like, I don't find it interesting. I don't find it fascinating. I think they have earned this cynicism that I'm feeling right now, not just for this specific incident, but years of this, just absolute years of it. I think now that they are either encouraging through planting the signs, or if that's bogus, they are at least acknowledging it on television mm-hmm. through official channels, this We Want Cody movement, and they're not hiding from it. I think the idea is they knew fine well, oh, Cody's going to look like a complete tit, a meek loser. So if we do it this way... We know what these fans are like or what some of them are like. Oh, they'll make him the little Daniel Bryan and we can have every favorable outcome. Cody remains a babyface in their eyes. They don't look upon him as a loser with no honor or integrity. We get the big money match, which everyone will love on the night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So don't worry about these little reactions in the audience. Everyone will be cast under the spell at WrestleMania and they'll get everything they've ever wanted. And it just feels like this weird game they, they're playing just doesn't hold up. And it, in the span of 24 hours, I'm like, done, can't be asked anymore. I'd quite like The Rock to turn heel. Well, I, I was going to say, right now, again, probably more hope than expectation. I think Thursday they might announce a triple threat. I think they announced The Rock versus Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Cody. Biggest match that you can possibly make. I get that the one-on-one is preferable, but right now... they, they were The one-on-one's go, way more preferable. Yeah, but they, they, they know... They can't do that. The Rock does kind of work in that scenario as a, a tweener, i.e. casual Gives fans. him a rest. He's, he's still, yeah. Casual fans, he's still The Rock. Mm. You know, the in-the-know guys are like, he's kind of buggered up, like you say, what could have been a perfect one-on-one match. You've got the opposite ends of the scale with Rock and uh, with uh, Cody and Roman. Um, and it might be, be a pivot from what they had originally planned. I also am more inclined to agree with, uh, to think that as well. From the fact on this show, they suddenly went, what if Sami Zayn fancies a shot at a title at WrestleMania? I just thought, that, you know. The job done clean last week. Was well, that literally last week they jobbed them? You made a very good point about so Sami. Last, I felt like I was proven right this week. So last week I, you said, oh, well, who could he fight? There's nobody. And I said, Sami Zayn straight away. It takes one week and one promo to talk himself into a title shot. And he did it. Like this promo was so strong. He's also then, done it before he lost to Drew twice. Yeah. But you just said, I want the title. They should all be saying that. Well, they should. Nia Jax 
to only attack Rhea and got pretty much the same thing. She might as well not bother entering the Rumble. Like, this is, you operate within the virtually lawless world here. Sami Zayn makes believers out of people. And he, like, I don't think that was for nothing. Yeah. I think, I, but I can't work out, this is tied to it slightly, I suppose. I can't work out at the moment what the Elimination Chamber is for, mm. if you're having a men's one anyway. I know you do. Yeah, we don't know we think they have men's, yeah, men's one. Yeah, right they I might suppose. just not have a men's one. But if you if the elimination chamber at this point Gunther doesn't, doesn't need to exist, Gunther gets, Gunther's contender maybe. But it felt like Sami Zayn was either talking his way to a title shot or talking his way to a match where you fight for one. And Drew's doing the same. And like the fact that keeping people in the world title picture is not nothing. Mm-hmm. But again, like uh, this is me speculating on reality rather than analysing the fiction, so it's the opposite of my job here on this podcast. I honestly think even Triple H feeling like like he's had the rug pulled from underneath him. Like, on all, how all of this has played out, he might have had a set of plans and a set of things and he's booking a little bit in response to that, and he's trying like, the Michael Cole thing felt like a fed line from Triple H to Michael Cole because he can't say it out loud himself. Like, Michael Cole, the commentator, I still want, like, the the Cody Rose to finish the story. I still want him to win the title. Like, I understand that they've tried to make Michael Cole a bit more of an avatar of the people the last They're couple of years. making this World Heavyweight title look like absolute uh-huh. That's it. The avatar of the people, and he's saying, yeah, yes, that's good and everything, but, like, I want Cody to win the proper one, guys. <laughs> it felt like it was coming right what, out of Triple what H's they, mouth. This title from day one has been... Uh, WWE does not get enough criticism, in my opinion. Look at this title. What's the net result of this title? They've made it. They It launched as this inferior version of the main one. Mm. That was the canonical reason why it exists. I know one else can beat Roman. I mean, we could have just done a cage match and actually uh, booked cage matches as worst. cage matches should be booked. I'd, but, uh, I'd have done that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of just as handsome and smart as uh, Roman. Then, so it goes from there to where it is now, where everyone's saying, oh, it's, you don't go for that title. It's not as good. <laughs> WWE are saying this. The mouthpiece, the voice of WWE is now saying it. And in the interim, you get a series of matches that are couldn't hold a candle to the worldwide standard, the best of, in 2023. Tell me that Seth Rollins versus any was as good as... as I could name 100. And I'm not even, like, that far, like deep into the weeds of the international scene right now. I could I can name you 100 AEW matches better than any Seth Rollins match. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I could. And he's not even as good as Gunther's matches. Mm. So he hasn't this workhorse lie, this myth that he's brought back. That the good, we, we do the great competitive matches with clean finishes. That's what they're trying to tell me as of last night and last week. It's a complete load of bollocks. Obviously, they can't say, yeah, yeah, Seth works a lot of um, three-and-a-half-star matches. They're not going to say that, but uh, they're just lying to me. Do you want to do a pasty bet? And you think the triple threat's happening, and I don't. No, don't say it then. I'm not that confident. Yeah, yeah. I but the, so did do you want to do it or not? Good Bruce bet. The difference. No. Greg's is cheaper, if anything. Yeah, but I prefer good bruise. Good guys. We all prefer good bruise. Like a good bruise. I'll happily buy you a good bruise when my dreams are shattered on Friday morning. <laughs> right. How are you going to play this, though? Because what if, I don't know. Cody doesn't fight. If Cody doesn't fight Roman at WrestleMania, one way or another, I'll buy you a good bruise. What if The Rock, like, gets injured in training? Looks like you're buying me a coffee, brother. Nah, it looks like I'm not. <laughs> it looks like I'm not. It looks like I'm not. That would be the plan. At this rate, looking at this, 
So it's got Wrestle. It's giving WrestleMania thirty two. Yeah, no, yeah, let's just do it. Do it. Just do it for Friday morning. If if yeah, if Thursday night, I'll probably stay up and watch it. I've got to be honest. I'm fascinated. I'm hyped. I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm not. Just point out, I, I I'm kind of thinking that you're going to be right in all this, but I will happily do it for you. There we go. Yeah. God, I'm gonna have to buy a coffee, and I'm gonna be miserable on Friday <laughs> morning. It's but hey, we've got wrestle culture with hashtag bloody good quiz, so you know. Yeah. I think this I'm is not in on Friday, so it'll what? have to be a couple of weeks. God. Oh, it's gonna be hanging over my. I'm just gonna find a cold coffee on your desk. Off no, don't do that. I think this is like just the rock dropping a bomb on everything. I think this is the most that it's like I can I willfully, as Cedric correctly points out on most of these WWE podcasts. I am willfully ignorant to some of, like, WWE's uh, breaking its own rules in what is mm. otherwise, what I found to be quite an entertaining show, yeah. right? They, they were not last night. No, not really. But, like, but again, I think it's because I was a little bit derailed yeah. by, by yeah, SmackDown, yeah, yeah. truthfully. But, like, I've definitely, I've just, I, 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 I use this example on purpose, and I'm not just trying to neg matches, and I know that, but I'll, it's always about, oh, I like, like, 15 wrestlers on this show. That is absolutely mm. how I approach how much I'm going to enjoy a show. And I just like loads of them. So, like, if they're in a match that might look a bit terrible on paper and then might look even worse in execution than Miz and J.D. McDonough. So, I will have, like, what Miz is up to at the moment. So, I mean, I mean, like, J.D. McDonough's associated with R-Treath, and that's yeah. done. I'm into that. So, that's how I approach it. And that's where, like, my investment has, like, gone up for a WWE and down for AEW. Okay. Ultimately, right? Yeah. It's why the pay-per-views that Tony Khan was trumping weren't working for me as much as, like, an average Raw in reality. However, last night, with everything, with the sort of the damage, not just to Cody specifically, but to the potentially the, the world that Triple H is trying to build on route to WrestleMania, with the damage that was done, I felt it throughout the show. So, just, like, hit up on something there that I was going to mention with the Sammy promo because I thought it was fantastic. You know, we're talking about it now, but it's related to the world mm. title picture and that. Fantastic promo, bought it. I knew and had faith that Sammy Zayn is the guy that can talk himself into a title shot within mm -hmm. a week. But. You, they are asking you in one segment to go, oh, the WWE title is the only one that means anything. And then literally the next yeah, segment, yeah, go, yeah. Oh, the world title is good too. You cannot, you cannot do that. It's another reason why typically they split them and keep them split is because when champions do talk about each other, it gets a bit awkward yeah. and the Survivor Series would cause that problem every year. It's and one thing for the wrestlers to say it, right? But for the messaging to the fans be, I oh, probably shouldn't go for that one. Mm. Or Michael Cole to say, yeah, it's just, Ridiculous, and they don't have a rule in place where they well, the wrestlers shouldn't really be doing it. These things should just weirdly coexist. Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if that doesn't really work in parallel. Uh, the, uh, the device, just in general, doesn't work. The two world titles. I mean, it's it's an it's an oxymoron. The champions of the world, yeah. the best <laughs> in the world. I mean, it's silly. Yeah, they get away with it. Um, and have done previously, I think, because sometimes they're in a position where there's multiple stars and they find a way to give them both. You know, it's you've seen worked in the past. You've seen a Batista's, yeah. you know, yeah. like and what could have been this year potentially. Um but yeah, like they they could have they could do more. They mm. could do a lot more to make this if Roman Reigns like Sammy didn't touch on this and nor did Drew really. But if the deal with Roman was you get your go and then once you you lose, you're out. But like LA Knight has had the last two shots. Kevin Owens has had three. They made a yeah. joke of it. Um, more than that, if you include the TV matches. Um, wrestlers get second swings at Roman Reigns. It's not just you get this one opportunity. Like, Cody's thing is lovely. You go a whole year, you've got to win the Rumble again. But 
Nia Jax attacked Rhea Ripley and got a title yeah. shot. Yeah. Why didn't Cody just hit him with a chair? <laughs> and be like, give me my give me my title. Why didn't he throw a bin and say, give me my title shot? Yeah. Work for the Bulldog. Episodic like, yeah. TV is flawed as a concept. I've been trying to drill this idea into people's heads for a long time. It's never perfect. Even the hottest, smartest promotion never gets it one million percent right. It just cannot possibly make sense. And I think, and I do this, again, I don't want to speak for the universal experience of watching WWE, but I go into WWE, sort of enter into my contract as a viewer, knowing that and discounting it and just being like, am I enjoying this? It's AEW as well. well yeah, fair, it's AEW yeah, yeah, as fair well. Enough, but, like, but I'm using WWE as an example because yeah, yeah. of particularly how this show yeah. felt. I go into that with the knowledge of that and thinking, I but fine. Like, I'd, I'd rather just watch and just embrace fiction if I'm enjoying it. And it, I felt that really hard this week. Because it, and we said this yesterday, the ripple effect of what it means for all the people Roman Reigns has beaten mm. to then potentially throw away. All the people Cody was programmed with to keep him hot, you get thrown away. It does, Drew McIntyre, we've said for a while now on this pod, probably the tightest character in WWE in yeah. terms of how he's scripted, in terms of his decisions. And even he has got a like bend to almost breaking point his character to try and make sense of this. Shows you the reality of. Like, and Vince used to do it every week to the point that it was so broken that it was never coming back. A lot got fixed, and a lot has been bust up by this. I want that WrestleMania press conference to just show me some graphics and be like, people aren't going to like it, but it's like, right, can we just get on with that now? Mm. We have our directions. Like it or lump it, these are the directions. Let's try and make sense of it. Fascinating to know what everyone else thinks about it. Do let us know in the comments or on X at WhatCultureWWE. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, but let's move on with the rest of this show um, because it was followed by the uh, Fatal 4-Way Tag Match. The winners face, of course, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates. See who goes on to face the Judgment Day. Um, it was Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Uh, the New Day, Cree Brothers and DIY. Uh, Back and forth, you know, usual four-way tag stuff to start off with. And then after a break, it just went bonkers. Uh, Woods made a hot tag, ran while Gargano cuts him off with a slingshot spear. DIY hit dives on the Creed Brothers. Gargano hits Imperium with a suicide dive. And then this is the Creed Brothers time we were coming into. Julius Creed wipes out a load of them with a big flip dive. And then whilst they're all brawling outside, Champa gets Xavier Woods, I think it was, and on the top rope and hits a sort of, Super white noise to the outside, off the ropes onto everyone. That looks amazing. And we went to a break. We come back. There's a big Tower of Doom spot. New Day take down Imperium. And I think Champa's getting the worst of it. Um, uh, Brutus hits Kaiser with a moonsault. That gets broken up. They all trade moves. Uh, and then this was my favorite part of the match. Probably one of my favorite parts of the show. Brutus put Giovanni Vinci in an ankle lock. And Julius sort of played 
keep away by anyone who tried to come in and break this submission up. He just suplexed them. I think he did a double Northern Light suplex on DIY as part of this as well. Eventually, DIY, I thought it was going to be the finish for a yeah. split second. Eventually, DIY breaks up the ankle lock. Uh, Brutus takes out a load of guys with a Brutus ball. Awesome. Uh, hits one on Vinci in the ring, but DIY break up the cover. Hit uh, Vinci with meat in the middle and get the one, two, three. They go on to uh, face Dunn and Bait. This charmed me. Mm. I was predisposed to kind of not give a toss about it. Um, yeah, uh, especially after they came back off the first commercial break, the transparent right settling, like you're gonna, this is gonna go a couple of breaks, so nothing's gonna happen for a bit, and it was just like interchangeable wrestling happening in front of you. But after that first commercial, pretty much everything felt like it had a purpose. Mm. Really good night for DIY. I'm suspicious that they might be trying to get good again. <laughs> like <the laughs> maybe I've been too harsh on a couple of the matches I've enjoyed and thinking it was down to the opponents or down to the setting, but the stuff here from them was notable because it wasn't as electrifying as the creeds and it wasn't as involved uh, as imperiums in the new days because they're in this feud against each other mm -hmm. so they're kind of they're not outsiders but the creeds every time they wrestle on raw feel like they're doing this we're brand new we've got something to prove against the world and then there's a feud happening in the middle of a four-way diy stuff was all about the win they do their silly moves but they were trying to take out the champa spot was like a perfect illustration of it because yes it's just a spot onto onto the pile but it was, it was with the view of taking everybody out because they're just desperate to get the win. They looked the most eyes on the prize with the stuff they were doing. And that's not very them. <laughs> DIY is super indulgent. And it was once what people loved about them. And the, you know, the, not, not so much the American alpha matches, but the um, revival matches became like iconic for just like, oh, the key, another, another near fall, another like twisting fortunes and all that there. To the point where they bastardized it a bit, but like it was that was the magic of it, really. They just looked a bit more locked in and focused on the win. And oh, never thought I'd be into the idea of them versus Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate mm. for a title shot. But if it goes the way it's going, then folks, we might be back a bit with DIY. So I was surprised, mm. genuinely. Like the match was really fun. Creed's steal the show when they're out there, but a good night for DIY. I don't think we're really back with DIY personally. I think that. I don't know, like, off the top of your head, right, can you think of a storyline in the matches that were promoted within that storyline that have aged as badly as the whole DIY saga? Certainly at the moment, it feels like it was... It's like New Metal in 2004. It was, it's, it was the cause of a lot of wrestling's problems today. That's, yeah. what, this, that's what that feud um, currently looks like. So I think that is itself aged badly. I think they are still carrying the stigma of either the people who would be like predisposed to supporting them and remembering them fondly, just they've had enough. Then you've got that main roster audience who doesn't really know about it or care about it. And they like a bit, they like saying, I don't want to be reductive, but they prefer to say yeet than to watch them go for 20 minutes. This did get hot. Yeah. Mm. And that I, I would too, by the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would <laughs> genuinely. In that ankle lock prolonged cell was a great sort of hinge around everything else, like a good fulcrum of mm. that finishing sequence. But was this so good that next week they're going to be way more over? You cannot break through with this kind of match anymore. You can have mm. a good electrifying last five minutes. You can do some cool spots within it. You cannot break through with wrestling of this caliber when, quite frankly, wrestling of that caliber, you see it done better every single week. I think 
Every, I'm talking like different kinds of matches, but I'm talking about the quality level. Every single week on TV, you'll see something as good, if not better than this. So I don't think DIY are back. I had fun with the match. Mm. I thought the last five minutes were particularly good, but I don't think this is their ticket to the big time. I can't call that match. F- I'm assuming yeah. the contenders get the match at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. I can't. I don't know who wins that. No. Because it's early to beat Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate in this reunion. And it almost makes more sense to beat DIY because they're getting so close again, but they're just not they're not putting it together yet and that kind of thing. But mm. I don't know. I, don't, I, like, I can't work I on think that. It's, I think it's done and bait. 2018-ass match. It is. It is. But then I, I want to know what it looks like on SmackDown. So many of those beat. That's it. Like the, the Tyler Bate um, arrival on SmackDown was this reminder of just how long it's been. But it's... They were just in stasis. Like, when you say 2018, it's like they didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. In some cases, from there, did they? It was just, they were on NXT for that long that this is the first chance they've actually had to book it. I think it's done in bait, and I think you protect them through our truths and problems because I'm more and more inclined to think you might be right with that tag title match at WrestleMania. Mm. Um, we get a WrestleMania rematch next. Uh, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. you got Shayna Baszler cutting a promo. How did the first one go? Uh, not great. Um, Shana, she wins, Shana wins this. She qualifies for Elimination Chamber, right? She referenced the Elimination Chamber here oh, uh, from a few years back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need... I know I'm a fed brain. I'm, I've she beat everyone in the Elimination Chamber. It was sensational. And then she lost at WrestleMania to Rocky III. Uh, the the, the dun, bad dun, bit. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, Remember Becky's big truck? Well, <laughs> clearly... time backs. They'd clearly... Obviously designed it, airbrushed it, with the idea being the world's not going to fall apart, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. She's going to drive that into Raw, and it's going to look pretty class. It was proto big time backs, wasn't it? So, like not taking Shane yeah. seriously. I've got a lorry now. And they're like, well, <laughs> we <laughs> already have it, so let's just drive it into the gym, <laughs> the <laughs> stationary in a car park. My one weakness: getting pinned whilst trying to submit you. Anyway. But like that truck, man. It's like we've already paid for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just bring it in. Here's something. The vehicle stuff's over and done with now, isn't it? Remember that every year at WrestleMania, there was some kind of vehicle big mm. angle, like the police car with the women's triple threat at 35. AJ and Shane did one. AJ did and it? Shane yeah. did, like, the limo, was it? Bret Hart. Bret Hart. John Cena, friend in Hollywood. Oh. Uh, the Rock. The Rock like, with the, the truck going into Hogan, or the got, vice versa. I've got, like, a Fast and Furious movie plug or something. Like, never, don't rule it out yet. Well, he appears at, oh, no, spoilers. Is at the end of the last one. Is he? But there wasn't any vehicle. I had the vehicle trend. I'm saying they could still happen. Like, he could drive his car to SmackDown and Jimmy Hughes could steal it and, like, crash it like that bit in the in-between is where Jay falls off the motorbike. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> did Rock and Brock in 2022 as well, didn't they? When Rock, uh, Brock, uh, Brock and Roman they lifted the... He took the car door off when Roman was inside. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love a vehicle at WrestleMania. Was like, it was like really good. A really good build. But they love a vehicle at WrestleMania. Uh, she said Lynch, oh, Lynch, this R.I.P. was, uh, walk into the ring. I love these walk and talk things. Uh, she walked into the ring, she says, oh, I've got to, I've got to, I had to beat it before because my title was on the line, but I need to beat it tonight because my future's on the line. I thought it was a good line. I like them, but the idea that uh, Borash deserves some kind of knighthood. <laughs> Quite annoying, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> Loads of people online doing the Drew McIntyre pose over a grave that said Kevin Dunn's production. <laughs> So Baszler early on stomps Lynch's hand into this steel steps, takes through a break. We come back. Lynch fights back but sells the hand. Baszler catches it with a German suplex and a sliding knee for two. Uh, Lynch comes back with a missile drop kick. Baszler blocks a disarmer, uh, hits a knee strike for two. 
Blocks a manhandle slam and puts her in an ankle lock, but Lynch manages to get out of it. Baszler again targets the arm. Lynch fights back, superplex, tries to transition into an armbar, but Baszler blocks it, and it's a gut-wrench slam for two. Uh, back and forth. Baszler goes to the Kurafuda clutch, uh, but Becky gets out of it. They trade counters. Lynch hits the manhandle slam. One, two, three. Becky Lynch qualifies the elimination chamber for the first time. I love Becky Lynch. She's one of my favorite wrestlers. Did you see the video? Which video? Oh, that the training she's posted video. on X. Yes. That's lush, isn't it's it? It's so good. Like she's doing a Rocky thing with her daughter, if you haven't seen it. It's so nice. She's such a great wrestler. And, like, I just... This wasn't, you know, this wasn't sort of one of those matches that you'll particularly remember or champion at the end of the year. But just within the context, like, all I ask sometimes is just to be taken by the story of a basic wrestling match because that's how it used to be done all the time, and there was always a different way to it. Shayna Baszler is a vastly superior submission wrestler to Becky Gone Lynch. off not liking great matches, have you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's, it wasn't great. This wasn't great, and that's why I like this. This was just good and proper. Ready, mm. solid. Uh, yeah, this was ready, solid. But like Walker's ready, solid, you know? Yeah. Like, already solid French fries. I like, oh, don't yeah. like French fries, do not like the texture. Really? I get that. I, I love them, but I get that. That's a, they're making a choice with French fries, aren't they? A specific thing. Mm-hmm. No, Becky Lynch. Oh, like you can put him in and make it look like a walrus. Yeah. Uh, pretty funny. We're, we're on um, different texture, but we're on what's-its, generally. What's-its? I love what's-its. Knees. Wheat crunches, that sort of texture. Love wheat crunches. I, li- I like a what's-it. Cheese puff, for those fans. Mm. Cheesy puffs. Cheese balls. Guess what my favourite crisps are. Uh, uh, it's time to play the game! What's Wilborn's favourite crisp? It's got to be knickknacks. Oh, I tell you what. The curly whirly of the crisp world. I didn't think that. No, it's not. My brain immediately went to this. I just, I really love it. It's one of those ones I don't have all the time, so it's a real treat. Frazzles. Good again, but not right. Do you get three guesses? As is custom. Yes. Discos. No. <sighs> uh, knickknacks, frazzles. It's knick-knacks feels like it's a good shout. Feels like it's going to be a bit on brand. You know. Use uh, a use a living gimmick. Chip sticks. No. They all they go. They're uh, my top five. Yeah. I'm gonna go with. Get the button ready. I'm not gonna get it. You are, I reckon. Uh, oh, skips. Bingo! Told you. Ah, do you love a skip? I love skips. Skips in my top five: sour cream and onion Pringles, salt and vinegar Walkers, Smith salt and vinegar chip sticks. That's three, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skips. And what's it? Uh, that's a top five. Uh, yeah, this is the connoisseur. Now I'm in three. Connoisseur. Five. Beef space raiders. Walkers. Pickled onion, I better, so. Walkers, no, no, no. Pickled onion sucks. Because <laughs> the hill will die on. Hey, pickled onion, hit where they smell. Um, <laughs> Walkers, T-bone steak, Max. Big fan of. Uh, I'll say very solid, you boring bitch. No, nah, I like, I like, I like uh, beef flavour. Uh, Royster's, T-bone steak. Bubbly ones. So specific. Yeah. Um, uh, mini cheddars, if they can. Oh, yeah, love a mini cheddar. Uh, love a cracker. Smith's, by the way, ketchup sitch. Sainsbury's do the best salt and vinegar sticks now. They've, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 fancy, fancy day. Sainsbury's. 
Oh, oh, your majesty. <laughs> Somebody's doing well. Sainsbury's. I will betray <laughs> my class on crisps. I will okay. betray my class on crisps. I'm an Aldi and Morrison's guy. Aldi do good frazzles. Bacon fun, or whatever they call them. Aldi do, <laughs> good, Aldi do good bacon rashes, but um, aye. They've done some to those Sainsbury's ones. You get, me the, you get me the big bag that is supposedly to share for two, or come as four servings. Just eating by yourself. Uh, you don't have to name every Chris, mate. We know you I, like. I like, <laughs> I like steak McCoys as well. Big steak guy when it comes to crisps. Barbecue though. beef hula hoops as well. Beef monster munch. <laughs> like a beefy crisp. <laughs> you're like crisp. a, you're like a, I'm not. Yeah, grain shell bully. That's what I imagine they would be in that packed lunch. Beef crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Love beef crisps. Walkers used to make beef. Beef onion. is the. Sh- it's the worst nah, flavour nah, of crisps. I, I, I like crisps. I could cook with. I'm serious. <laughs> right Sour cream. It's a food as I well as a crisp. How do you get crisp? <laughs> you put them in pasta. And put them in between a layer of cheese and it creates like a crispy bit. And uh, crispy uh, yeah. lid for a pasta bit. And Louise puts like crushed up some Cooks Doritos and put it on uh, chicken breast the other day. Yep. Oh, there is nachos. I am an idiot. Mm. Ooh. Oh, you can cook with crisps. A Doritos cool original tortilla chip. Yeah. Is that crisp? Yeah. Because it's a Dorito. On its if you're own, buying them from Taco Bell, they're nachos. Yeah, but. on its own, would it make the top five? Doritos Cool Original dipped into hummus. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's absolutely... Yeah. I like salsa in a burrito packed in with other stuff, like meat and cheese and salad and stuff, but I don't get involved in dips. <laughs> that on my, my postcode, that is uh, a bit rich for my blood. <laughs> You know what? Like one of the one of the worst Beef things crisp. that occurs in every sort of Christmas setting. You know when you can buy those four yeah. dips. I don't know what they are. One's orange. A couple of them are white. It might be like a tomato one. But you buy like just from Asda. Like it's four dips and like I mean, this is the worst. One of the worst things that can happen in a Christmas it like, setting. It stinks. <laughs> what's what's doing? <laughs> Mammy, it stinks. It absolutely stinks. What stinks it's, again? Sorry, I like drifted off. These dips that you can buy that come in like a plastic packet. And there's like an orange one. I don't know the flavours because I choose not oh, to in- engage. That right, I I choose not to engage. But <laughs> thank you, Nicholas, for <laughs> no talking about smell. the least. This is ruined. Right? Mammy, the smell. The smell of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> baby, it's an it's an extension of mixed crisps, right? I I do not oh, yeah, yeah. do not wish to get involved in that. I, I cannot cope with vinegar. So like, <laughs> mammy, it's awful, man. You it's. Massive hat. <laughs> the smell. Let's leave the room. <laughs> I, and I do, and I try to, and then you get told that you have to come back, and you've got. Uh, yeah, no, not a great, not a great Christmas. Actually, I had a massive house fire and lost all the kids' presents. Well, I had a big dip that smelled so. You know, we both had a bad Christmas, mate. <laughs> right, let's go back to Raw. Uh, Kathy Kelly interviews Liv Morgan. She was watching it with. Uh, oh, the Becky Lynch rush was really good. Yeah, yeah, I thought but, it was alright. Like better than she's not as good as Shayna Baszler submitting, and I like that she was uh, countering and not with submissions but with actual wrestling. Yes. Nice, nicely done. Uh, Morgan basically says she's taken almost a year away due to injuries and etc. And that's a very long time. And next week is going to be about revenge on Rhea Ripley. She's got a qualifying match against Zoe Stark. I think we, we said that. Liv. Yeah. This was good because I, I saw f- it. Forgot Liv Morgan existed, which is not great. Which was the number three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, They've not used her since the comeback. So. Uh, they show the clip of uh, Shinsuke misting Rhodes at the house show to set up the main event. And, uh, back main event time? No, nope. I'm joking. You're kidding me. Uh, backstage, uh, Postman Pierce is bollocking Drew McIntyre for attacking Punk last week. And then Rollins this week, he finds him and says, I'll double that if you keep wearing that Punk shirt. So we know where that's going. Um, he's going to bollock him a little bit more. 
And he's like, oh, bloody hell, Rhea Ripley's storming out there. McIntyre says, there's a real leader. She's going to break on, do your job. Uh, Ripley storms out. She's furious. She doesn't care about Elimination Chamber. She wants Nia Jax right now. She could rip her bloody head off. Um, Pierce marched out, said, it's not the time. Look, you want her, you've got her. You, Nia Jax, Elimination Chamber. The crowd not happy, but Ripley's getting what she wants. He says, right, can you leave now? Nia Jax storms out, shoves Postman Pierce out of the way, uh, brawls with Ripley. Security get involved, separates them. They're holding back Ripley. Jax chucks the security all over the place, uh, takes Ripley down and hits her with the Annihilator. Can you see the difference between fiction you can engage in and the nonsense of the first segment because what The Rock did? These two, like, Rhea Ripley really on a collision course for yeah. ages. She's to kick Nia's ass because she got ambushed last week. Nia Jax genuinely believes she can win the title. Rhea Ripley is this person that's probably gotten a little bit overconfident like, on the throne and, like, is trying to mask that she herself is a bit rattled. And she, I'm still really, really hard as nails. I'm going to beat you. This is proper. This, like, this was night and day, this brawl, this segment, this everything, versus all the things they were trying to accomplish in the first segment. And they followed it with a thing about Bailey and EO and the SmackDown women's title. Still Didn't go. Oh, that bollocks. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the mixed tag match. Ivor and Valhalla <sighs> versus Akira Tazar and Maxine Dupri. Um, like two minutes this. Akira uh, ripped his shirt off and went flying out of the ring onto Ivar. And Maxine sent Valhalla into the corner and did a flipping back elbow, sort of. Uh, the crowd were not into this whatsoever. Oh, she messed up before that as well. Yeah, she yes. did. Oh, yeah. Do the, you remember uh, it from Tough Enough? They would drill the, the people on there. So, like, Harlem Heat, Booker T would do it era, but it's obviously a performance center drill. You do it over and over again, where, like, you do the sort of spin around, flip over into a sunset flip from the corner. It was a disaster. She didn't know Crumping where her bodies. legs were. She kind of got two left feet to begin with. And then she just did like, a, she just bumped on her own back. And then the other person, Valhalla, just followed her down. Oh my God, it's brutal. But it's not her fault. It's Triple H's fault. Triple H is fault. Was it after that one? Is culpable. Was, was it after the back elbow where she then goes, hey, thank you. Thank you. Boo! Oh, oh, it was horrific. Boo, Triple H. Yeah. Ask him at the next presser. Some important questions, not this one. But uh, he should be should be held accountable for this because, for Christ's sake, like it's, it's uh, I felt so sorry for her. Yeah. When, as instructed by the agent or whatever, when laying out this incredibly um, methodically done match, as is always the case in WWE on TV. Shoo, uh, thank you. How ironic. Thank you for making me feel like absolute sh because I've made a complete meal of this countless times. I didn't do a thing right in this match. Mm. Thank you for popping for me. <laughs> no, we're not popping for you. We'll make that abundantly clear. Like it, It's been a while since the match is so bad that the audience has literally saw through it and thought, no, no, it's not good enough. Yeah. Usually they're like very polite, very sitting on your hands crowds in WWE in general more than half the time, I would say. I think we clung on to the Jackie Gader shorthand for a long time because that was a notable case where they were like, Ugh. and that was, this is probably this generation's shorthand, this, isn't it? Like Maxine Dupree she wrestles, is. She wrestles the Jackie Gader match every single week. Yeah. It's not her fault. It's no. not her fault. She should not be wrestling on television. 
Rhea, the Rumble. It's not even good enough for NXT in the NXT stand. It's already good. Disagree. Uh, Akira Tazawa comes in, flies over Maxine into the arms of Ivar. She comes off the top rope, crossbody onto both of them to knock him down. Tazawa tries the sunset flip powerbomb. Ivar blocks it, pulls him up with one hand. Will strongest slam off the middle rope. One, two, three. Got his win back. This is awful. Uh, we go backstage. There's no Rhea Ripley, but there is uh, Damian Priest, uh, Finn Balor, and JD McDonough, of course, collectively. They're in the f***ing judgment day. Yeah. I hope they split up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of them. I said, yeah. WrestleMania, I think. It's, it's, I never was a bit. Not, it's not my thing, is it? A judgment day. I like to sing the song sometimes. Uh, it's actively bad television now, I think. And he can't take Damien Priest seriously. Even before the Rollins thing, it was like, oh, CM Punk's here. Ugh. Home straight stuff now. Yeah, Balor and Priest say they don't really care who wins out of the two teams who won on Raw and SmackDown uh, for the tag titles. Uh, Priest tells JD McDonough to handle Miz tonight. Dom comes in and says, Rhea's good. She's not happy, though. Give her some space. They all were like, well, it's all right. She's got this. Uh, R-Truth <laughs> comes in. What are you guys talking about? Sorry I'm late. Uh... J.D. McDonough says, you're lucky I've got a match where I'd wipe the floor with you. And Truth says, you need to be wiping the window seals. Earn your keep around here, dog. Um, he calls last week an initiation. He's absolutely loving it. That's fine. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Finn Balor yeah. says, oh, whatever. It's not an initiation. We've done it like three times already. He leaves. Uh, Truth's like, you must feel bad about the old initiation. Eh? David Priest is about to say, idiot. We've not initiated you into the judgment day. And he just goes, oh, whatever. Just make yourself at home. He sits down, they've got the little screen with just the Raw logo on it. And uh, he sees a box of shirts and gets a little idea. Right, a lot of this was rubbish. A lot of it was wheel spinning. It was. Why are you smiling? Because the end was great. Like, just for truth, man, you must feel the worst about this. Come on. It's like, <laughs> give him that telly after the Survivor Series. It's CRT. Like, it's LTSD at this point. <laughs> LTCRTST. <laughs> like, I just, grander stage stuff this. Get, just get there. Just we'll, get there. We'll talk about how I went in the match as well, because that immediately followed it. Oh, um, and all. What was? The match. Of course it is. It, the Miz was in it. <laughs> Cut your money. <laughs> I will say, I thought the visual at the end was brilliant. Was They're it? like, Scorpio's and the money just going everywhere. And yeah. It's sort of falling down as the pinfall's being counted. <sighs> um, so McDonough takes control, because Dominic Mysterio's out there, runs interference and allows him to take over. Uh, after a break, uh, we come back, and Truth comes out with a big box of T-shirts to chuck into the crowd. Uh, that distracts McDonough. Uh, Miz makes his comeback. Dom's leaning against the barricade, uh, and Truth pops up behind him, puts a shirt over him, and his arms are trapped in it. So Miz, Miz boots him in his face. McDonough's like, what the bloody hell are you doing? He's like, I've got your money. McDonough's like, well, okay, fair enough. Puts it in his trunks, turns around, skull-crushing finale. Money goes everywhere. One, two, three. Uh, Truth collects all the money and then goes, I am going to celebrate with the Miz on the way out. And then, even then, we're still sort of like, oh, we're getting them for the right, aren't they? Yeah. And then say, like, come on, truth, get it. And he will eventually. And, oh, God. And babies in the air stuff. Yeah. I had a T-shirt over the arms. Is, yeah. It was about right. It was about right. Like uh, uh, The match was horrendous. It's just, like, so poor. The work is so poor. Isn't it? I think they teased a potential WrestleMania match following this because Vinci and Kaiser are now backstage with uh, Postman Pierce. Uh, they're, they're, they've got a... Big 600-day celebration for Gunther. They want it to be perfect. He's like, don't worry, it will be. And then walks Brian Breaker. Uh, and Imperium leave, but not before Kaiser's done a little bit of an up and down on him. 
potentially the guy to face Gunther at WrestleMania. Who knows? Uh, and Pierce basically says he's willing to beat whatever the SmackDown GM's name is. Uh, his I offer. Don't know the bird. You have to first me in this bit before we. Uh, and then they go to break. Like seriously, tell me what the f- bird is. <laughs> Just his name's upon at the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it, but when do you do it? I run through. So I do I play dumb? No, no, no. So no, we, we just never name him, and then we name him right at the very I end. But you, keep, you keep saying you don't know what his name is. Wait, because I, I don't. You want to say it? You don't yeah, it's like we've bit. forgotten. Yeah, and then so, you, so you're playing dumb within the fiction. It's like we've forgotten, and then at the last minute we yes. remember just in time as like a way to I'll put a bow like, on the podcast. I'll go like this. So there you go. There's the SmackDown preview, and it's got this match and this promo and blah blah blah. Uh, what do you reckon, Hamlet? And he'll say. The SmackDown preview. It's got all this and so much more because he's on the show. He's the GM. He's called Nick Aldis. Some people so just I'm don't get to it. All my sides together because I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, we get a video of Punk. We just it's sort of a check, check, mother check. Another award-winning <laughs> podcast in the bank. It's Friday. Let's go and get some done. Yeah, right? Should done. we do this swear count? Because it feels like I might have to add quite a lot to it on this after this show. Oh, go on then. Go on then. Oh, hang on, wrong button. It's going to sound a little bit stupid. It's time to play the game! Time to play the game! Who do you think sworn the most on this podcast so far in 2024? Me. Me. So I was about to say, you're about to ask you, but you already know. Uh, so in descending a, order? A, ascending order, because it's going from lowest first, right? I don't know. I don't know. What was Dundee sending? I know, yeah, but I was trying to work out. I wasn't sure if I actually got it then. Uh, Stacks, two swears so far Just this year. Just two. Because he's more of a like, pussy and blowjob <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> kind yeah, of guy. On the older. They're, not, they're like, un, they're like, no need to censor swears. Yes. On the BBFC rating one, they'd be like, uh, and some sexual swear words. <laughs> yeah. But they yes. don't get beat. Like. Stacks is in every way 12. Yes. Very 12. <laughs> 12 or 12 here. Uh, how many guesses? How many swears do you think I've dropped so far this year? Twenty-nine. I've got fifteen. What a day! Ten. 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 Is that eight. Ten. Make it work for yourself. So yeah. In second place. So how many days? So thirty-seven days into twenty twenty-four. I think it's got to be. Sounds amazing. I think it's got to be me in second. Second. Not you and um, uh, you in second. With 70 swears, Michael Hamflet. <sighs> Michael really Sidgwick, do you want to take a guess on how many swears you've dropped this year? 82. Guess? Mm. I, it can't be 100, so I'll just say 90, but it can't be 100. It's 100. Bang 100 on. swears <laughs> in 2024. I can't I believe it, because I feel like... You always said you thought it was me, but I knew it was you. I always the... feel like I will. I've just done it there. I went Shh, crap or something. I always feel like I stopped myself from you doing, doing it sort more. Of bursts. There was one. I think was it, was it this year, Nicholas, where you said the c word four times in succession. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> and to be fair, you are exposed to a lot more WWE than he's exposed to AEW. So. Yeah, the floodgates open. So it's his fault. I, I've accept no responsibility. 
Uh, we get a video of the punker. Swearing's so cool, isn't it? So <laughs> it's cool. not kids. But I always feel like you're the one who says it, mm. and then he goes, oh, more work for me. Yep. You never do that to me. No, I'm just, I'm just keeping track. Don't worry. More scared of bollocking you. That's it. I'm going to softer target on that front. Uh, we get a video of the punker following his surgery. He oh, says his comeback's going to be the greatest of all time. And of course... And I mean... <laughs> yeah. Folks, where's the lie? Uh, the last, what, Faber? Great. Yep. Bobby Fish again? No. <laughs> uh, the first one was good. Uh, the first one was good. Which one? Well, I mean, at least... The, the seven-year track. The seven-year one. Oh, the seven-year one was good. That was the best comeback ever. Yeah. Uh, I just thought all his injury ones were good. The one when he came back after he dove into the crowd, he fought John Moxley. Fine, don't remember anything. Nothing happened. Absolutely, <laughs> everything was class. Cut one, cut a fantastic promo all out. I seem to recall. Yes. Uh, what was the next one? Collision. Good. good. It's, better, it's better now. <laughs> yeah. What the promo to look back on? Agree. No, no the program. All oh, right. Sorry. I don't. Know. I don't watch. Um, I. Yeah, you could work the Joe match. Three and a half stars, solid. <laughs> and then this one. It's, hey, you're right. It's, it's this one was pretty bad. With <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Mysterio, and then he got his ass injured again. After the year against Cody already in the bank. <laughs> End of the rumble. Uh, we got the championship celebration. What's been, what's been better than that so far? What's been better than Cody and Punks? Are you joking? Seriously. Like, what? Like, about, like, Carrion Cross versus Cody Rhodes in the last five minutes of the Royal Rumble. Kiss match. my ass, Carrion Cross. That was class. Punk and Cody Rhodes was... Uh, what? What? You watch more wrestling than me because you catch all this AEW stuff that I sometimes don't. What? It's been a better match. Yeah, the main event on Collision was better than that. Oh, there, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. It was class. It was really, really strong. Yeah. Really, really strong. And that's you and FTR. NXT. Darby Allen versus Kanosuke Takeshita was That was better. There. there it is. There it is. Any match at NXT Vengeance Day for me. Uh, Gunther's Intercontinental uh, Championship end. celebration. And uh, you. Ludwig <laughs> Kaiser does his big, I love his big intro for Gunther. Roxanne Perez versus Lola Vice. <laughs> versus. This is Bird Person. Thank you. Um, Big, there's a black carpet in the ring, pillars, etc. They're all wearing suits. Uh, Gunther comes out and says to the surprise of absolutely nobody, he's here celebrating 600 days as champion. Uh, he appreciates the gesture of setting all this up, but uh, don't do it anymore. I mean, it's a given. He's going to hit 700, 800, 900 days. He's going to go down as the greatest IC champion ever. No matter what milestone he hits, one thing will never change. He's the greatest. He's the longest reigning of all time. And he's kind of running out of competition. There is no man worthy here comes Jay Uso to a great reaction. Uh, Gunther mocks the fans doing his pose and calls it a simple gesture for a simple audience. Uh, he says he eliminated Jay from the Royal Rumble match and sensing some disrespect from him now, but Jay means no disrespect. He uh, puts over Gunther. Uh, the crowd have started doing yeet in place of the what chant, which slightly concerns me. It's better than what. Mm. <laughs> uh, Gunther appreciates the kind words and says, hey, look, you're one of the greatest tag team wrestlers ever. You're uh, the longest reigning tag champions ever, and you only have to put in 50% of the work for it, which I thought was a nice line. Uh, whilst Gunther uh, achieved every accomplishment on his own, uh, Jay says, you're about to get 100% of this work. I'm going to win singles gold in 2024, and if you want me to see, be the next IC champion, say yeet. And they said yeet. Um, Gunther said it only took Jay 15 years to develop the guts to step up on his own. He wasn't the first to try and ride his coattails. He was going to beat him worse than his family ever could. Uh, he said, I'm going to beat you so bad that you're going to wish for the good old days when people couldn't tell you and your brother apart. He sort of shoulder checks uh, Jay. Jay takes him down. Obviously, the numbers game, Vinci and Kaiser attack. But the New Day come out to make the save. I really like this segment. Cody's gone off Jay Uso, has he? <laughs> uh, he's just back end of last year. He was like, yeah, anyway, you're not going to win the Rumble. So. I don't care about your story anymore. 
That's brilliant. Really, really great from Gunther again. Uh, he, there's a lot he's got to remember, and there's a lot of lines he's got to deliver that require these big oohs and like sort of the. To, he's got to let them breathe, you know. He does such a fantastic job of that, um, and it, you believe it because this title reign feels real and it feels earned, and it's not just stuff he's saying. Jey Uso felt back a bit this week. Mm. Like I've not been really interested in anything he's been doing. Like, he felt like a secondary player in the Rumble. I've I'm not. So conv- I'm still not convinced that Jay versus Jimmy is the plan anymore. Are they doing the. It's they can cost him. Look, they can costing him the title match. They can absolutely get there. Like new yeah. day neutralize. Just because it's bad doesn't mean WWE won't do it. But <laughs> 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 well, I'm watching this for your entire life. But I, I like him as a contender. Yeah, I do, and I think that when he loses to Gunther in this one, they'll probably have something like a Sheamus thing or a Gable thing where they might not be going towards it, but you're going to be wanting him to get back there. I, I think it's Bron. I think after after this week, Braun's the one to, to fight Gunther at WrestleMania. If that means well, they've pretty much foreshadowed it. Mm. This was really strong when Gunther talked. Jay Uso did nothing for me except read his Wikipedia page out loudly. A catchphrase version of the Miz, like the over catchphrase version of the Miz, because people was like the more believable it. version of the Miz. <laughs> yeah. He basically read his Wikipedia page out loud. Yeah, I've, I've watched it. <laughs> Was that not because Gunther was throwing it at him a little bit? And he was like, yeah, it's still good. Mm. Just because like, the way you're saying This is how every WWE promo goes ever. Just the audience was loud and Gunther's good. Can't wait to do This that. is every WWE yeah, promo exchange ever. You've done this on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Championship and accomplishments. Just change it the night subheading. before the promo. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was every segment ever. It was just one of the hotter ones. Realised before Mania were probably good. That's some good lines. I don't want to be too reductive. We could get Imperium versus Bron and the Creeds. Oh my god! Or you can get that somewhere. He was busted. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a that. This is where we got the Shinsuke Nakamura promo. We only had tapas at night. Um, uh, he said he was going to beat Rhodes in the match. His family made famous. He mentioned the We Want Cody stuff, uh, and then there was a big WrestleMania commercial with. Rhodes pointing at the sign and the face-off between The Rock and Roman Reigns. What? what? Um, we take time away from the club now. Oh, God, this is awful. The oh. women's tag team title match. Ken Carter and uh, Katana Chance uh, challenging the Kabuki Warriors, of course. Uh, Chance took out the champs with a big dive before the break. Uh, there was some bit when we came back. Kari Sane went for, I think it was like a splash off the top, but Carter wasn't in the right position. It looked, I don't know, messy uh, is the nicest way of putting it. Anyway, Chance comes in, double foot stop and gets a two count. Uh, they hit Asuka with the after party, but Kairi Sane just dives in to break up the cover. Set up with a keg stand, but Kairi Sane, because normally Carter sort of walks her over, doesn't she, and then drops her, just grabs the legs of Carter and pulls her, pulls her out. That means um, Katana Chance just eats it, basically, and uh, Carter gets sent into the steps. Asuka kicks Chance in the head. They hit the, the double-team insane elbow. One, two, three, the Kabuki Warriors retain. Uh, piss poor is how I would succinctly describe this match. Um... Gotta love how WWE is a sensible uh, company where everything makes sense and you know it's not like dangerous or silly. That finisher or the signature or whatever it is, where she's like a draping, basically it's a, what was Rick Rude's finish called? The Rude, Rude Awakening. Rude Awakening, yeah. Rude Awakening setup to do a splash on the top rope. What? Else is meant to happen other than Katanzaro, Katana Chance, just kind of awkwardly sliding off. 
There's no impact to it whatsoever. It looks terrible how that's made it to TV. I've got absolutely no idea whatsoever. Um, Second point, if I'm hiring Kyrie Sane, I might put her in good matches. Mm. That hasn't happened yet, Triple H. She's not a good run, by the way. It's been 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 a lot of botches and a lot of, like, it's not been a great... In ring return so far. Maybe I maybe there's a bit of maybe the the shoulder uh, the shoulders the blame shouldered because <laughs> Triple H has not really put her in a position to succeed and she's not she's been good for the damage control story. Mm. Aye, but I want I want to watch Kyrie Sane in good matches as well. Yeah, the matches haven't been there. I haven't been there at all. Like if you think about the brawls and stuff, like some, there's been like loads of mistimed punch moments and stuff. It's not been a great comeback for her. That seemed off. It mm. Seems off. And uh, I this was. Uh, this match, you could hear a rat piss on Cotton. Yeah. And because it was so deathly silent, like I'm talking Austin Gunn on a closed set it creates more atmosphere than the 10,000 or whatever they had in this arena. It was pathetic. You could hear Katana Chan scream her head off. I think the idea, and I think it almost was in danger of going over my head, right? But I think the idea was that she was like really motivated to get the titles back. Mm-hmm. And I explain all the screaming. Maybe she's just a bit of tinnitus from being in the clearer all the time. And she doesn't realise how much is going, ah! Yeah, that's it. Uh, this, is, oh, this is brutal to watch in every single way except the action. <laughs> Deafening uh, silence, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. Quiet. That's like the, yeah. <laughs> like Natalia was like, nobody there. <laughs> we got the Sami Zayn promo next with uh, Jackie in the stands. She brings up Drew. Uh, talk, he talks, Sam talks about the, the past year he's had. Uh, Coming close, a little short though. He's learned uh, not to let him eat him up. Uh, talks about the elimination chamber, obviously last year. Talks to Triple H, who pulled him aside. Said there's nothing to be down about. He's Rocky. He's the ultimate on- underdog. He didn't beat the champ in Rocky One, um, but he went the distance and he made a name. That's exactly what Sami Zayn's done in the ring. He's going to fight like an underdog. He's g- an underdog even. He's going to give 100. percent An underdog. He's uh, not an underdog anymore. He's a contender who will be a champion. Uh, Jack is that. Like, what is it about being champion? Is there a part of him that feels like he's still got something to prove? Uh, and Zayn says, yeah, but it's more about proving it to the people that, that we didn't believe in him for nothing. Proving them right, that's what it's about. Love this. Really great. Um, again, if it's, I don't know what it's for currently, which is a shame, but this is what I believe Sami Zayn can do. And Just is, the process. If they, Yeah, I do a little bit. I'm trying. I but like, out quite right, Sige. But the mention of Rocky here, like, I've never thought, like, I've thought Sami Zayn is an underdog. It's, and, it's in Philadelphia. And they're going to do a Rocky Steps bit, which made me think all the more that, yeah, there might actually be a title match at the end of this room. Like, that's, they're keeping him warm for that purpose. Mm. If on Thursday, like, I don't know, The Rock generously permits Cody Rose to enter his match or something, <laughs> oh, Seth's free again. That's what I'm hoping for. Brian Gewertz reckons we haven't even started yet. I feel like 2002, the amount of hate here in that name. <laughs> Got that guy works backstage ruining a business. Well, <laughs> that was me. I'm not doing the take advice. Well, I prefer SmackDown. More serious wrestling shows. Real on SmackDown, actually. <laughs> all him and SmackDown Six. It's all a shoot. Whereas on Raw, it's all <laughs> comedy. Stupid comedy on Raw. And they've got anyway, the fist anyway. in it as well. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our fist really knows what he's doing. <laughs> I just like I just like the real stuff, like the death of Al Wilson. <laughs> I just want it to feel legit. Like Eric Bischoff pulling off a rubber priest mask. I just want it proper stuff. Yeah. <laughs> At <laughs> uh, main event time, bull rope match, Cody Rhodes, Shinsuke Nakamura. Smart down fist on a big pencil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you meet your new head hey, that was that was the, that, that's what they were trying to tell you all along. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your new boss. 
It's like the anonymous general manager. What's the smack down fist going to write down? <laughs> the smackdown. It's a stationary. The, the smackdown era of its most acclaim, according to the internet. Yeah. Should and the, should, they should bring back the smackdown fist. And just <laughs> hypnotism on people for decades that, like, whew, thank God for smackdown. Another terrible role. Whew, smackdown <laughs> at the end of that. Like, Lee Brand, you know where you're at with that. Prime Ring of Honor or something. Yeah. Like Smackdown in 2006. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, and Rey Mysterio just happen to be great wrestlers. Yeah. Four years later, it's like, yeah, it's probably why they put Eric Escobar on there. <laughs> yeah, we've got to do some the, Domino coming later. More of the workers' show. It's taped because they're worse. <laughs> Cut those matches to bits. Uh, so it's Cody Rhodes versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a bull rope match. The same rope that his dad used against... Uh, Sorry, one more thing about SmackDown, right? Okay. <laughs> in this myth, and it's great. Like, I did an article, you can probably still read it, uh, about eight huge wrestling disasters he somehow didn't notice at the time. Oh, that was the theme of it. And one of them was, no one... Remember when Cody Rhodes told the story at StarCast with his great delivery, and he was really getting himself over as this face of the alternative, mm. this gregarious guy who could just, like charm you into like come aboard like I'm mm. the smiling face and I've got the pattern and all the rest of it and he did his um, Starcast thing where he's like yeah, that referee <laughs> was trying to f*** on me and he told that story yeah. and like because it was on Smackdown right in 2011 I think it was mm-hmm. how would anyone remember that yeah. <laughs> clearly clearly it was like in a really abrupt finish and Daniel Bryan was like, oh, I've won, great. <laughs> that has never appeared on any content listicle between 2011 and 2018 when Cody told the story of, oh, yeah, it was massively botched because it was on SmackDown and no one paid attention. Yeah. And I said, like, you know, you could have someone in the crowd just get up and levitate and he just wouldn't <laughs> notice because it was on SmackDown. And I was, I had this, like, snarky sentence prepared where I was like, huh, it's no wonder no one remembered... Um, something from the June 11 period of SmackDown when a week before, X wrestled X, and it was so boring. It's time to play the game! Time to play time the to game! game. So basically, the whole idea was this match was so boring and it was like a kind of a regular fixture on SmackDown that no one paid attention to it at all. What was the match, and I swear I'm not making it up, June 2011, that I used as an example of how missable, tedious, boring, why are people paying attention, and and in fact, they aren't. Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston. No. Not that it would have been terrible, but you know, that they're the cliche. Like, at the, the time, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at the time, really good. No, no, no. I'm talking like the worst, the most boring match possible, quite frankly. If you think about that generic, remember that uh, WWE yeah. HD silver logo when you just know yeah. you're watching the most generic cookie cutter action. And I will be denied! Kozlov? Kozlov versus... Yes! Versus Jesse from Jesse and Festus. No. Was that feud with Sheamus? Or that, no, it was, it was Sheamus Sant- Santino back then, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Probably, yeah, he probably would have been the babyface by the time it's all happening. Don't know. The most boring you do. The most boring match imaginable. Randy Orton. No. <laughs> Vladimir Kozlov versus... 
the most boring match imaginable. There are people in the comments section and listening wherever they get their podcasts from screaming the answer out. Boring match imaginable. The most boring match imaginable is Vladimir Kozlov versus... They had it. They've had it, but it wasn't him. Vladimir Kozlov versus... Because he he references it Ted DiBiase Jr. or something like that. Yeah? Nope. No. I don't know. The most... Come on. He's uh, He's boring. Randy Orton's boring. Triple H. Kane. No, to be honest, I kind of thought, oh, he was around then. I thought he came a little bit later. Sandow. That's a bit of a bit of shade on Damien Sandow. He's not. He's boring, but he's not that boring. <laughs> uh, I got him on like Boar Horseman. It'd be like <laughs> Kane, Triple H, Randy Orton, Ted DiBiase Jr. The new generation, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can't be the day of mayor. JBL. No. 2011. It's such a vortex, isn't it? Yeah. Vladimir Kozlov versus Jinder Mahal. Oh. I promise. I promise I did not make this matchup. June 2011 thought, on SmackDown. Can I'd you imagine? Had like, I'd have had original Jinder around about like 2013, yeah. 14, but yeah. I, that was what that was my agenda against Drew McIntyre for years. Had to be there in person when they made him reshoot an attack on Finley with a show nearly three times. And it was obviously like Madness of Vince stuff. Like he's gone back out there and he's gone, that's, ru- that's rubbish. Do it again. But I hit him with a shillelagh repeatedly. What, like, I watched the same thing happen three times, and then the third one, you got it. You got it, kid. <laughs> so the exact same? Yeah. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Beats with a shillelagh. Stupid generic music. Music plays on As Drew's coming back out. Finley's not got up yet. Not as good as his goated music, of course. Yeah. They should make it. The table rope match was incredibly boring until the last two minutes. Broken Dreams t-shirt with their CM Punk like with a thought bubble of the WrestleMania sign. It says Broken Dreams. Broken Dreams. Hey. Yeah. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> the, Cody's using the same rope his, his dad used against Billy Graham. They mentioned on commentary here. Hmm. Uh, Look, they pretty new. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Might have uh, polished it. Yeah. So this is like I hope it got clean. Imagine how much I just stunk. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Sweat and cow <laughs> That's smell the American dream down the road, baby. Do you remember when you got called out? Was it Big Joseph? And he was like, it's the same gear. And you were like, it's not. Oh, I was just lying. Yeah. From Breakers, Rick Stein went, that's the same as the world of Royal Rumble 993. I've got the footage, Vic. It's on the network for the company you work for. Why are you lying? <laughs> so uh, Shinsuke threw the, his end of the rope at Cody. Oh, my God. Take him down early on. <laughs> Why are you always lying? <laughs> Why the f*** are you lying? Why are you always lying? Oh, my God. Vic Joseph. <laughs> uh, they went to break very early on as uh, Shinsuke was trying to escape into the crowd whilst still being tied to Cody Rhodes with the ball rope. Um, Come back, Rhodes is pulling him into the ring post. Uh, he went for a spring. That would just give Michael Cole an excuse to say, but he can't actually escape. He's attached <laughs> to a ball rope, which is attached to Cody Rhodes. Hear the rules. Um, Rhodes went for like a springboard thing, and Nakamura just pulled him down off the ropes. Uh, he's in control. Eventually, Rhodes comes back, though. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura heat sequence lasts about two years. Yeah. <laughs> long. Oh, God. This was long. Uh, Rhodes came back with a figure four. Nakamura hit him with a cowbell. Uh, we go to another break. Come back. More cowbell. 
Uh, Rhodes hits a power slam and a disaster kick for two. Nakamura hit that sliding German suplex of his. Uh, Rhodes comes back with a Cody cutter, jabs bionic elbow, but Nakamura hits a spinning kick and an inverted exploder. Uh, Rhodes comes back with a pedigree and gets a two count. Goes to hit Nakamura with a cowbell, but he gets misted. Still fights him off, blinded. He manages to hit a crossroads, but Nakamura kicks out. Nakamura used the cowbell as a weapon, but uh, Rhodes managed to block a Kinshasa. Uh, hoid the rope into uh, Nakamura's balls. And uh, hit a crossroads for the one, two, three. But as he's celebrating or you know, recovering afterwards, Drew McIntyre slides in, jumps Rhodes from behind, and lays him out with a Claymore kick before standing over him to close the show. Yeah, breaking news from the world of cinema. They were making The Day of the Earth Stood Still, and it is, uh, stars <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura whenever he's uh, playing heel and he's on heat in WWE. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot articulate how tedious I find the Shinsuke Nakamura match. Like, they, they tacked on some drama. Some star power at the finish, regulation, kick out stuff. But my God, Shinsuke Nakamura feels like, you know, when you cannot win with your children and you say, could you please be quiet? And then they go, okay. And then they're like, you actually need something out of them five minutes later. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you told us to be quiet. Like, that kind of like yeah. taking it very literally to prove a point and to like test boundaries and to, like work out logic and how the logic of the adult. It's like you've told Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, we uh, we kind of tone it down a little bit in WWE first day. And he goes, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds easy for me. I tell you what as well, like uh, to be more serious for a moment. We have a big problem with our attention spans in um, in this modern day and age where, you know, Great journalism's gone, mm-hmm. or it's dying, you know. Uh, you know, the novel's pretty much dead, which is a shame. I'd like to write one. Uh, because people just cannot focus for long enough now. I don't know what the answer is, but, like, Shinsuke Nakamura's not helping. It is, he's the most, like, he's the preeminent. I was have a go on my phone, wrestler. Yeah, especially because of how he's featured. Like That's that. the thing. How's like, this match happened, by the way? This is done. Mm. Well, right. But you left. Room. You left. <laughs> Nakamura versus Cody. Like, again, another sort of feeling of, uh, like, I don't know what we're doing here, but it's a house show main event, not a raw one. What's going on with Cody? But bull rope on the marquee, you nah, might shift a few yeah. more tickets. Drew and Cody is a direction for Chambers, good. Yeah. Like, I, d- I don't know how this factors into again. Them having like a mess to clean up after whatever happens on Thursday. But either way, Drew resenting Cody for... Like, he sees Cody as somebody that's potentially going to blow the opportunity that he wouldn't. That's a Drew character. So I quite like that. And that combination is fresh. It's a good uh, match for Elimination Chamber. So I, I mm. do quite like how he sort of got involved here. But, ay, oh, this stunk. This is... They've never had good chemistry, really. Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't have good chemistry with anyone anymore. Yeah. Thoughtless wrestling. Has good chemistry with the waves. Let's know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Surfs. At, <laughs> on X at What Culture WWE or in the comment section uh, below, of course. You can follow uh, all three of us. Die. X. Uh, at What Culture WWE. Chemistry with the ocean, man. Follow Michael Hambler at. I'm more fish than man. Michael Hambler. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at. <laughs> M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilson. <laughs> follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Is that Adam. fish gold? <laughs> follow it's more orange to me. Can you spend that fish with like cash or something? 
Uh, what culture WWE for all of us? <laughs> fish last. Let's <laughs> just find a Nemo, Jeff. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll be back later on today to preview NXT. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Hamford Sidgwick. Thank That's you for joining great. us. <laughs> we'll see you soon. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in, hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.